We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Thursday, Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora Boys are truly in the building. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And it's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Left, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I, I might overdose on college basketball this weekend. That's right. With, a, with all the tournaments, my line I play tonight, 530. Oh, man, they cannot lose three times in one season to a football school. It, we can, it can't happen. Mm. I cannot allow that to happen. If they lose to Penn State three times, I might pull. No, I love my hair. I'm not going to pull my hair out. But – I'm gonna be pretty upset, love. Be pretty upset. Not as upset as I am of uh, basketball-related news with Sean Kemp. What are you doing? Oh, come on, bro. What are you? Did you not just see what was going on with Brandon Miller? I mean, dude, I, I don't understand. I I have to read the story, love. They got the video out. Yeah, but I I don't I, I don't know what was behind it. You know what led to it? It's just unfortunate, man. I just saw the documentary he did with Gary Payton on NBA TV like last week, and he stayed in the Seattle area. He's from what Marion, Indiana. He's from Marion, Indiana, which, if I'm not mistaken, is like an uh, maybe two hours from South Bend. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not too familiar with the geo. You know, geographics of uh, Indiana, like I am Illinois, but it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. You see what's going on with him, what's going on with Job ja Morant. You know, Phoenix Suns employees are probably going to get fired today because they didn't wipe up the wet spot while KD was warming up. That's what it was. <laughs> he slipped on a wet spot, so twisted his ankle. It's crazy. It's just crazy, man. Let me ask you a question, Left. LL, help me out, man. For the first time today, you know, I got my uh, Manny Petty, bro. And 
Are you a buff or a polished guy? Probably polished. You a polished guy? It's my first time getting clear polished, though. My first time getting clear polish on, on the hands and the feet. First time. And I always thought, now this, dude, I never thought somebody was going to ask I would ever have to answer chip or no chip. And never in my life did I think I would have to answer that question. <laughs> like, what kind of polish do you want? Clear, chip or no chip? Uh, no chip, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This is definitely a show still about masculinity in all aspects, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll it is, dude. It is. But you know, I like to take a hey, look. I'm a moisturizer, bro. Got well, sorry. You know, we naturally are. I'm a moisturizer. You know, I don't know about everybody else, but I take care of my hands. I like my feet. I like to wear sandals in the summertime. I no like socks. to have no socks. I like to have my toes out. You darn right. So you have to take care of the puppies. You have to treat them right so you can air them out in the summer. You're darn right. Before I came on the show, you know, shout out to LV Products, black-owned. That's right. LV Products down in Houston, Texas. You know, they give me my moisturizers, my my uh, my shea butter, my scrub, everything, man. Check them out, LV Products. We, I love them. Me, my wife, my daughter, we love their products, man. LV Products. Yeah, I just oiled up the toes mm. maybe 20 minutes ago. Mm. Just can't, you know, can't. Dude, well, it doesn't make sense to get a manicure and then just have rusty toes, bro. See, I never understood that either. That's just, that's the dumbest, right? Mm. You spend money to take care of your feet and <laughs> you just don't give them any daily maintenance. Let me tell you something, man. The neglect you do to yourself, I don't understand. Hey, so LL, what's up? Let me know. For guys and gals, are you a polish or a buff? What's your preference? Polish or buff? Polish or buff? Polish because it goes in line with being moisturized. You know, you you rather look shiny than look, you know, just a plain Jane type of deal. Depending upon the person. I've had some people buff out my nails, dude. And I'm like, man, these bad fellas are looking like brand new glass. You know, it, but when you buff, that really lasts. It's like, what, two days? You have good two days of a good buff. Lasts about 30 seconds. And then once you wash your hands consistently, you know. Left, I have some good stuff for you today. Before we get to that, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Smash the like button, subscribe. We greatly appreciate you, Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Man, we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know what's it's funny because I saw somebody say it's a sus convo. I just saw a Mav Hoffa episode. You know how people play you know Paul's game. And I agree with cannabis. It's like the fact that you have to say pause or think conversations about taking care of yourself or sus kind of points the finger back at you. Because I, I, I feel that way. Like, why are you saying pause? Are you thinking about that? Like the whole context of what I'm talking about is over here and clearly defined. But just for the sake of saying pause, you just want to say pause. Because that's the first thing that came in your mind. It's, I thought cannabis kind of broke it down. Like why he doesn't play that game and why he thinks it's kind of corny that things go that way. Check it out. I thought it was a great episode. Joe Rudolph and Gino Gadoodle. Coach Gadoodle. They met the media for the first time, left. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Then the quarterbacks left. The new quarterbacks. <laughs> Sam Hartman, who you, you said might not be top 10 on yesterday's show. A lot of some backlash from that after the show and the comments. I was definitely right. Hey, I'm not here to debate. I'm just pointing out fans disagree with you, bro. Fans disagree with you. Jordan Travis. Keep going. That's all I'm saying. So, with all that being said, Kenny mentioned Sam Hartman met with the media. 
Very interested in seeing what you say about them as well. And there's a new spokesperson to replace Braden Lindsey. Mm. Well, the quarterbacks at Notre Dame. We'll check him out as well. It's pretty good stuff today. I love when we get video from coaches and players. Who you want to start with, Left? You want to start with the quarterback coach, don't you? You go wherever you want. You want to start with the quarterback coach, don't you? I know you do. Coach Gino Gadouli, quarterback coach of Cincinnati, went to Wisconsin with Luke Fickle and ultimately left there to come be the quarterback coach at Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman, who he coached with on the Cincinnati staff. He talked about a lot of different things, Left. He talked about a lot of different things. One of the things he talked about is just his experience as a player and just being able to pass that along to the quarterbacks in the room, which for me is a huge thing that I want to see from hear from him. Like, how are you going to work with these quarterbacks? But another thing he talked about was his relationship with the assumed starter, and that would be Sam Hartman. I had about it, and I think Sam is as well. And, um, you know, I think, you know, him coming into the situation he initially signed up for um, and kind of the things that transpired throughout the first two months of that transition, um, you know, were kind of tough on him. But I think in the little time that I've been here, we've made up a lot of ground, and Jared's done a, a nice job of kind of accommodating to that, and um, he's going to be just fine. So we're going to hear. Sam Hartman later. He's going to share his thoughts on Tommy Reese and him coming to Notre Dame and Tommy Reese deciding to leave. But along with what Coach Gadouli said right there, Coach Gadouli also told the media that he's been spending time talking to Tommy Reese, catching up on the way things were done. What are your thoughts on that, Left? Uh, you know, I mean, it's for you to think that you covered all that ground in a couple of days compared to the two months that Tommy was here, you know, who knows? Uh, I know that you better get to going, that's for sure. So if that means you started fast, that's the first quarter of winning. <laughs> Starting fast. Wow. So the the that's what we preached about. How fast can you get on developing these guys, getting them ready? Especially a guy like Sam Hartman, who, like you said, who had an expectation coming in. The different idea that when he got here after a short time being there and how do you recover from that situation? It seems that they have gotten on some kind of page, maybe not the right one, but they're in the same book. Yeah. He also went on to talk about the competition. He has four quarterbacks in the room that most people believe are college quarterbacks, Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, Tyler Buckner, and Sam Hartman. And talked about those four people. I'm sorry. And Ron Powers. I'm sorry. Five. You're correct, Left. I'm sorry. Put me on the petty. I mean, is he is he on a legit scholarship roster? Or is he like a Jesse Bon Jovi? I don't know. Let me double check that. But here's the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. saying. Here's the quarterback competition according to Gino Gadouli. Active proposition for you to come into a situation that didn't really have an entrenched starting quarterback per se? 
Uh, I've been involved in quarterback, you know, battles before. And, uh, you know, Tyler Buckner and Steve Angeli and uh, Sam Hartman, Kenny Minchie, all those guys are getting an opportunity. And uh, I come in at the clean slate, not knowing any of those guys, so I'm anxious to see what all of them can do. I'm anxious to see how they lead. I'm anxious to see how they retain information. I'm anxious to see how they perform, how they execute, how the offense responds to them. So I'm just anxious to get out and field. I'm anxious for spring ball to start and uh, keep building relationships with these guys. Anxious ties to anxiety for me. Hmm. I don't want you to have anxiety around them because I need these decisions to be streamlined. Maybe he meant excited. Okay. He can be excited, but I need him to be getting down to business. I need you to be evaluating film coming in. Like you said, it's a clean slate. But with the clean slate, you put a lot of options on the table that I think we can we can start eliminating the options that are not viable. Get it down to three and don't make apologies about it because you're coming in on the back end of a situation because, like you said, none of them are your guys. So if you're going to do it, pick up to where it was last left off. And I think you should just handle it in, in accordance to getting ready for the guys that are coming in. Um, the relationships that you're going to have to build, it just takes time. We got five months before the season. Um, spring ball's around the corner, and you can make a lot of ground. Uh, gain a lot of ground with that, but it's going to be a lot of basic things uh, installed in the spring as well. Uh, essentially, in in the hopes of an offense that's more geared towards the pass. So, um, where does Kenny Minchie fit in in a clean slate? I think that's a very interesting question. Is 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 it is it now based off of seniority? Is that how we starting it? I mean, it's got to be a starting point in some general feel of how things can roll out. Is it Kenny Minchie starting at three or is he starting at four or is he, where is he start? If ever it's a clean slate, are we just doing freshman, junior, senior? So is it, how are we doing it? So um, I would like a little bit more detail, but then again, it's hard. You know, it's hard. Lucky Lucky Podcast. We're talking about the first impression of quarterback coach, you know, Gadouli. I have to say it like that. I just have to. Lucky Lefty podcast right here. Sean Davis, Malik Zaire, the original Lucky Lefty himself. He talked about his transition to Notre Dame and how the players have actually helped him learn the playbook. And there's one quarterback in particular that he said is further along than everybody else in that playbook great in my room and, and like you said Tyler's probably got the most experience and um, most time at the helm and uh, he's early on been a great source of information for me just understanding hey how did you guys read this last year what did you guys do procedurally in these situations and trying to accommodate me with the playbook so I've been learning from those guys just as much as they've been learning from me so we're running the same offense as last year that's what it sounds like. So it sounds like it's geared for Tyler Buckner because the offense last year isn't geared for Sam Hartman necessarily. Well, maybe there are things they didn't get to because the quarterback wasn't able to really execute those things in the playbook that are there 
to be used and executed by Sam Hartman. Maybe they're picking off where they left off of Tyler in season two. I mean, in week two, where they're kind of figuring out that development between pass and run, maybe trying to make it more 50-50. But he still had the ball in his hands a lot more than probably he would want to, especially after having an injury. But if this is a copycat of what Tommy was running offensively, I mean, where is the – to step up at, you know, Vegas got us winning the same amount of games as last year. But if we're doing the same things we were doing last year, where is the difference going to come in that, that, that a guy that's been there last year can make the change and see, um, what are we doing differently? I mean, if we, if we're bringing up our QB coach along to speed, who's, bringing the offense up to speed because Ger- the Gerard Parker's offense wasn't Tommy Reese's offense and we run in Tommy Reese's offense. So is Gerard calling Tommy like, Hey, how'd you do that one thing? Or are we like, where's the, where's the line being drawn out? Because that's, that's a little alarming that the quarterback is teaching the quarterback coach what to do. Not that he, you know, just having, maybe that's a compliment that he was trying to give Tyler of, of having a handle on things, but the offense we ran last year wasn't a top five score offense. <laughs> oh, you on mute. You're on mute. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, when Jared Parker met with the media, by no means did I pick up that they were going to run the same offense. I think that might have been the starting point. But if you remember left when he met with the media, he was very forthcoming about the different types of offenses that he was looking to bring to the offense this year to add to the scoring. And yeah, here, matter of fact, you know, hear hear from Jared Parker himself. This is what he said. I'll paint a very honest picture and then do respect by all parties involved. That's about all I would put with it is that um, a very clear message was put across when I took the job that I would run unit meetings and do a lot of things. I was involved in every uh, facet of, uh, of building an offensive game plan controlling the players over there and unit meetings and all those things. And that was clearly portrayed. During that time, I was offered by Coach Brown an opportunity to be able to call plays at different times during year one. Um, And those will be different moments of red zone in different areas. When my number was called, be prepared. When it wasn't, serve the head coach and serve our offense. That was done. Year two at a certain time at that point, things changed um, for a multitude of reasons. When my number was called, I was prepared to call those games and called them. Um, in entirety. So at that point, that's when things maybe change to a full scope of calling complete games. And again, the details of that I don't think are fair to, to, to anything moving forward. But I was tremendously grateful for that opportunity. It prepared me for what this one's going to be. And um, that's, that's really about all I would say to it. Thank- you know, being gentle, thought he answered the question. His experience and what he can bring to the offense very well. Because he wasn't combative. He, you know, it, it's understandable. Like, yo, what the, what was being asked? But he also went to talk about the multiple offenses that he's familiar with. In my first job, we were pro style with Coach Simpson, which was really good because I was coaching a two-back offense. Um, and then certainly to be able to flip the gears and go to Marshall for Bill Legg. Doc Holliday was our head coach. We played spread and as fast as you could. We ran more plays than in the country, led the country in passing, played fast, fast, fast. Didn't run it much. Um 
came back to a West Coast-style offense when we were at Purdue, which helped me, and I coached tight ends there. That was a different different realm. An 11 personnel RPO approach through Coach Ronnie, who's now at ODU at Penn State. Um, and then a little bit of variations and multiple things at West Virginia. So it's been good to be involved in all kinds of kinds, so to speak. I've been 10 personnel spread out, 11 personnel rocket and roll and go RPO. We've been in 12 pro style and then what we've done here. So I hope that scope prepares us to be as multiple as we want to be here. So what are we running? <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. Let, let me ask you a question, and then you can expand upon that left. Because I, I understand, like, based upon what Gina okay. Badooli is saying in the playbook from last year, talking to Tommy Reese, trying to catch up, Tyler Bucker giving you clues and checks and, you know, what we like to look at and everything. He's further along than everybody else as far as getting you acclimated with the playbook. Is Notre Dame an offensive team to where they can walk into a game and do whatever they want to do? If they want to throw 40, 50 balls and kill you, they can do it. If they want to run the ball 40 times and kill you, they can do it. There are offensive teams around the country that have the ability to do that. Is Notre Dame going to be one of those teams next year? Um. We have the talent, but I think when it comes down to it, what can your quarterback do best? Because it's about winning games. If this was a talent show or a beauty pageant, we would come in first because we can show you fast, tall receivers. We can show you short, fast, quick guys. We can give you the big maulers. We can run it in two back, one back, three back empty, you know, wildcat if we wanted to, because that's how we recruit. But when we get to Ohio State, I don't want to see 15,000 formations and sets and personnel. I want to see some mismatches. I want to see us be up and down the field, north and south. Yeah, we can roll out in a bunch of different things, but what are we going to be good at? What is Tyler Buckner most comfortable with? What is Sam, if you're going to rotate both of those guys, do best? Where is it going to where is it going to be the the signifying player at? Because right now it doesn't even sound like we know who our our main guy we're going to. Who are we feeding? If you're comfortable with 10, 12, 11 spread. Two back under center, all the who's the guy we're going to? Because you can feature any guy, really. At least I can appreciate us last year, us featuring an individual player because you can build off of that. But if you're not featuring anybody, we just running plays. I mean, what's the, the game plan of attack? You know, so it, it, but it sounds like we're running the same stuff as last year if Tyler is in the lead per se on this quarterback race, which leaves Sam even in a in a deeper pit because it's like, okay, I don't really know what we're running, but you're saying Tyler's in the lead off of stuff we ran last year. But last year wasn't cutting it. Well, they haven't been on the field. They haven't. But no, I don't know. no I don't they haven't been on the field, so Tyler should be ahead with knowledge of the playbook. But I thought we was running something outside of what, Left us like how are we gonna run somebody else's stuff? I don't know. I think the the answer we settle on right now is we have to wait and see what 
are they going to be running? Right? But it goes back to my question. Can they be a team that walk out that walks out on the field against a good opponent and literally choose how they want to defeat you on that day offensively? If we're game planning week to week, I mean that's the thing. You know, I do that with my team. I look at what we're playing and try to see what direction is the best to go with. But at the same, at the end of the day, I would love to to be a focus on what is going to make us better from last year to this year. And we've identified on the show, the fans have identified it. Yeah. I would, it would sound better to speak more towards that. Speak more towards, yeah, we're working our routes more. We're going to get into some more concepts down the field, things that we were lacking that can help us increase our score and differential going into next year. We know we can run the heck out of the football. That's our foundation. But we're trying to light the scoreboard up with passes vertically, and we got some receivers that can do it and some guys that are hungry. That's a That makes me feel better that it's like, okay, you're acknowledging what needs to be fixed immediately to make it an immediate change. Now, if you're going in there trying a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, that's like going to Golden Corral. Is Golden Corral good? I don't know. But do never they got it. everything? No, oh, we're talking about never. Now you're talking about you never had it. Oh, never been there, bro. Sorry. Okay. Now, now you never been there. I have not. <laughs> we have plenty of them in the area. I just, I've never been. I've never so you ain't never been, been to a buffet-style food place? Dude, the last buffet spa- space that I frequented was, uh, it was called, I, I, I don't think they exist as a franchise anymore. It was called Old Country Buffet. Old Country Buffet. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Old Country Buffet back in the day. I Man, I used to go to the ice cream joint two, three times. Easy. Yeah, but then you can also get meatloaf, some fish, some fried chicken, some mashed yeah. potatoes. And that's what we sound like, Old Country Buffet. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. And that old country buffet, babe, that was high. Man, that was like college. A little bit. I don't want to be an old country buffet. I want to be a Ruth Chris, a damn near Cane's chicken. We serve one thing 
And if you want a little flavor, we throw some bread on top of it. But it's the same thing, just different way. Let's be like in and out. They only have burgers. You can dress it up, put a tomato on it, wrap it in lettuce, take the sauce off. But it's still a burger. I don't want to be old country buffet because guess what? Your stomach hurts after. You got a lot of questions going on. It's hard to manage. It's cheap. It only works half the time. We're not looking to get the job done. We're trying to be a a, a kitchen, a a five-star or or two-star Michelin rating. You you can't even get reservations. You got to wait a couple weeks before you get the reservations. Anybody can go to uh, Old Country Buffet, <laughs> and if and if and if you and if you young enough, you get in for free. You're right. You're right. So what, little, kind of, what kind my, of? You're right. My little sister used to get in free. You're right. So, what kind of structure is that? A collab effort. We got Gino and Jared making the mashed potatoes. Marcus Freeman bringing the meat. It's a big potluck over there at Notre Dame. So basically, you said this before. At some point, the buck is going to have to stop with somebody. The buck going to have who is the ball going to in each game? Who is the the star under the the player roster going into the game? Who is the one to worry about? Because when you have a lot, you also have a lot of nothing. If we got Deion Cozy getting two catches, Dubai getting two, Styles getting five, and then you got JT getting three, and then Audrey getting five carries. It's like, what do we just want to? I, I understand that they haven't done anything yet. I understand that. However, I think strategically maybe you're not wanting to give up what you want to do well yet but taking from what we heard from Marcus Freeman and what he wants to see the team as and what he ended up saying after what he ended up getting with Jared Parker was this may not be the offense that I want but it's the offense that can help our guys. And I think, you know, because I see people, dude, you, you've been in the position. None of us have at the University of Notre Dame. And you correct me if I'm wrong. I think overall what you're trying to say is you go into the spring to install. That's the purpose of the spring, to install the basis of what we're going to do, which means if you're installing, you have an idea already of what you're going to be installing. So that when you hit the fall camp, you take off running. So if that is the case, I see why he's playing catch up because Jared Parker, probably in wisdom, is saying, you know what, I'm going to install the majority of what these guys already know. That's going to be our install. And then from that, once we get that, get acclimated to that, get that rock solid, then we can start divvying up special things and identifying. You know, some people in the chat say they don't know what they have. 
Jared Parker was here last year. He knows. He knows who the dudes are. He has to see Caleb Smith. Yes, he has to see him. They know what they have at running back. They know what they have at wide receiver. They know. Other than the early enrollee quarterbacks, they know. And he's about to go into seven-on-seven. Gino Gadouli talked about that. You know, they're about to go into seven-on-seven in the next couple of days and meetings with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to focus on timing and making sure they're on the same page within the offense. So you, you have to be able to have an idea of who you are as a team to be able to install certain things and work through the spring. Because you don't want to you don't want to use the spring to be out there guessing plays. No, you want to be out there calling plays based upon the installation. And the installation has been going on the entire offseason. Mentally. Yeah. I think, you know, if that's the, the basis or ground zero for where Jared Parker builds the offense, then you know, like you said, it is wise. Um, but at the same time, you know. What we did last year, I think, was just specialized to who we had at the position. Mm. I think if Tyler played the whole year last year, it would look different than how we ended the year this last year. Okay. So if I'm Sam Hartman, what direction are you going in? Because the direction of last year isn't the direction that can – that's what Sam Hartman came to do. Sam Hartman didn't come to <laughs> run a bunch of read options and – take a bunch of unnecessary hits, you know, trying to extend plays. He came to what I thought was the evolution of the offense with an addition of Sam Hartman, specifically to how Tommy was going to run things, Mm -hmm. which is less of Tyler, more of Sam Hartman. But now it almost seems like it's reversed, which I don't mind. You know, I was saying if we're going to start like that and get a guy down the hallway, you might as well go with Tyler. Feels more comfortable. That has been your stance. That has been you've been consistent in saying that. And he talked about his philosophy as the quarterback coach. Take a listen, Left. My job, I feel like, as a coach, is to pass on all the information I've gained as a player and as a coach from all the coaches that have taught me. And uh, if I can pass that information along to these guys, so they're a better player than ever I ever was, I think that's my goal. And uh, how do you do that? I think you do that first by building relationships with them and uh, building trust with them so that they understand what you tell them is an effort to make them a better player. And uh, that's kind of how I go about it. Trust. Quarterback, coach, quarterback. Most important thing that has to exist between the two. I mean, yeah, but I've always liked objective coaches, like coaches that would be like, man, you you suck throwing to the left. You suck doing this and that, but you're really good at this and that. This is how we're going to get better. I've always felt like objective coaches in the game of football have always gave me better results. This whole dating profile where you want to know my family and have a deep spiritual connection, with I just think it's a little overrated. I think it helps in some instances, but football is too much of a result-based business. Um, I think, you know, some of that trust stuff comes in handy where, you know, mishaps happen and you kind of on the same page on a telepathy standpoint. But overall, if 
I would like if our quarterback, how I would do it is my quarterback coach would come with a breakdown of all the quarterbacks in the room, what they good at, what they bad at, how I can make them better and, and what ways I can do that. If you're going in talking about, yeah, I want to have lunch with them and walk the beach and get to know their psychology, how they grew up. And I mean, yeah, I get it. But it would be more impressive if he went in there and was like, Tyler Buckner, I don't really know you, but this is what the film tell me. I came to help you do this. And if you want to start and go to New York and do all this, this is what we got to work on going in next year. And I'm going to need you to help teach me whatever you was learning so we can work on this together. But, you know. So you, so you basically want Gino to come in like the uh, Bears fans at the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the Bears fans at the gas station, you know, the one thing they're not going to do, pacify you. They're going to tell you right what you need directly, whereas a coach is more, you know, whatever. But I really believe that Gino can do a lot to help these guys, I guess, mental and development as time goes on, but having a game plan is always the best course of action as a, in a quarterback world because that's what it's about. It's more about the ones and zeros than it is about uh, the emotional side of things. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, leave high stars, leave your comments. We appreciate you. It's because of you we continue to grow. And we get up to talk Notre Dame football. It's the home of the misguided passion. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. You talk about that left, and he kind of talked about what he expects to add or take away from the mechanics of each quarterback. Lower body footwork, I'll mess with, but upper body mechanics, I don't, I don't toy with that. I think those guys have put themselves in a position to be here because they can throw the football and uh, I'm not going to mess with that too much. Uh, lower body mechanics and drops will make sure we're uh, we're doing it the way that I want it, but upper body they've got here doing it the way they do it. I'm not going to take with that too much. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's what you go to the QB trainers for. You're going to throw how you throw. But when we get out there, I need these decisions to be transferred from the board and what we talk about to the field. So we get out there, I need you to, if we call a play and it says, read the mic, when the snap of the ball hits, read the mic. That's it. Mm. That's it, read the mic. The mic takes the cheese, throw it to the guy behind him. If he backs up, give it to him right now. And it's got to be one, two, three, and four. That's coaching. Now, if we get in there and you footwork's all over the place, then I know that you're not confident in what y'all talking about on the field or you overthinking it. So, you know, for I think he's right on that. I, you don't have time to focus on the upper body mechanics of things, you know. It's, it's way more focused on why and what you're trying to get out of the play. Yeah. How do you make the play the most successful? As a quarterback coach, you really harping on that. And then when you get into the practice of things and individuals and you're doing your your group work, that's where you work your footwork stuff. You work your 
footwork that translates to the plays. Joe Rudolph, who was your new offensive line coach, also met with the media left. And it's interesting because you know Coach Rudolph, and you speak very fondly of Coach. In your times, you were recruited by him twice before you chose Notre Dame, and even during the time you were considering leaving Notre Dame via the transfer portal. He was asked, what makes this O-line special, Coach? Ketchup. But the one thing as you're as you're watching them, um, I thought I thought one, you're coming in and and you know these guys have been, you know I, I got a lot of respect for for Coach Eastan. You know he, he actually recruited me at one time and sat in my living room, um, and you know I, I know um, his approach and and I could feel the way these guys care about each other is because someone instilled that in them. And um, that's that's probably one of the things that really stand out. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, Joe and Blake, and I, you see athleticism on the edges. That's that's uh, that could be quite unique, you know, and, and I think is quite unique. And those guys, uh, and then when they're as a group, you know, they're just they're one of the guys. They're leaders in that group, but they're one of the guys, and it's you know they're accountable to one another. And I think. Um, Everyone feels that from from no matter if they're a returning starter or or there's someone trying to work their way into the two deep like they have a mutual respect for one another. That's that's pretty awesome to be around. Yo, that little tidbit of being recruited by Harry Heastan. That's all I, I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. I didn't even know that. I'm like, yo, that's pretty amazing, bro. That's all like, I needed to hear. That man go go far. Like no wonder why I like Joe Rudolph so much. Give respect to the elders. That's what you're supposed to do in the culture when it's healthy. You give respect to your elders. You acknowledge the greatness. And you say, I can only hope to fill the shoes of the past. So I got a lot of respect for what's going on. And I know my expectation right away. I'm not about to come in here lacking. I know that man before me. Great guy. Big fan. I told you, Joe Rudolph, on point, knows what to say. I'm not worried at all about the offensive line. So you pretty much are totally sold on Joe Rudolph, huh? If you give respect to Heastead and let me know you got some common sense. If if Harry liked him enough to, to go to his house and recruit him as a player. They drink out of the same water. They know they know what's going on. I didn't play that. Did you play that as a kid? What? Like people drinking out of your cup? No, no, no. I didn't play that either, man. I remember as a kid, my uncle, I was at my grandmother's house. My uncle came up behind me and ate some of my cereal over my shoulder. I threw the bowl of cereal in his face. Yeah, it just, you ruined the whole thing. Yeah, I don't, that's nasty. Yeah, that's, that's nasty. I think oh some people God. are just born knowing that's not right. Yeah, that's nasty. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't even like sharing with, with the missus. I'm sorry. Don't eat off my plate. Don't drink my soda. It's the, to me, it's the when the fingers hit the plate and they get the doing <laughs> all of that. That's what throw me off. It's so like you can have some, but when the fingers hit the plate and get the bumping into stuff, yeah. that's what grosses me out. Because your fingers, you don't know what, you know. The finger get to making it. No, do, do, do. Thumbing around my food, that just that made, that grosses me out. The thumbing around the food. <laughs> if you just quick, you know, you got to tie. I don't know. So you think Harry Houston left a, a good plate 
set a good place setting for Joe Rudolph to come in and eat with this offensive line. It's pretty safe to say that. Yeah, it's just it was just vacant seats, but the 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 table was still set. Hmm. You know, we just pulling up and and washing our hands and getting the business. And I think uh, the huge indicator of the success was just the acknowledgement of what was before you. I think we didn't get that with uh, the coach Quinn before, and then that's why you didn't have much success. You know, you was thinking you can, you know, rewrite something that was already there. I think you got to build on top of a great foundation when it's set. And when you try to do it over, it's just so much that you lose. Uh, and, and and it looks out of whack like it did in those previous years. But uh, Coach Easton came back and set it up just right. And I think Joe Rudolph's going to take off like a rocket. Joe Rudolph talked about the process of how he ended up in Notre Dame. And his family had a lot to do with it. It was it was kind of funny. Uh, I was I was definitely not looking to um, to go anywhere else. You know, I was uh, I, I really liked the direction of Coach Pry, and I really liked what we had going at Virginia Tech. It just there were, there were so many things that lined up, and um, kind of hard to explain. You know, and and um, and the more that I visited with my family about it. Um, the more confident I grew in knowing this know, was a great class. And then just with your initial meetings with the linemen, I guess what are a couple of takeaways that you've learned from them just oh, in the last couple of days? Uh, man, they're a close group. You know, they, uh, they care a ton about each other and they care a ton about Notre Dame. Um, I appreciate them. They're, they're, uh, they'll roll their sleeves up and they'll, they'll work their tails off. and. Um, I'll pretty much do anything you ask them. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that group. Remember when Robert Hainsey said the key to the transition for Joe Rudolph was going to be the leadership in the offensive line room? Yeah. He said he said it's going to be on the leadership in the offensive line room to make the transition smooth for Joe Rudolph. I think what we're hearing is that Joe Rudolph is picking up a lot of things just watching these guys operate because Harry's already set them in motion. They're almost like robots. In a sense, like, oh, we we know what to do. Like, we've been doing it even when Harry left. We've been rocking out just like he showed us. That's really good to hear that the players are taking ownership. See, it's, it's, it's very similar. Joe Rudolph is coming to install a program on a system. Mm. So he's, he's not getting a new MacBook. He's just getting on the MacBook to install a new program. You know how they got – Word, Microsoft, Microsoft Excel. You got your your numbers on here. Your Apple TV app. He's just coming to install another app on a t on a computer that was already built. See, the guy before came with his own his own computer. It, it didn't process well with the system at hand. It was like this this is a foreign this is a foreign laptop. So we brought the original laptop in. Joe Rudolph just came on, get do 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 do, enter the password, do 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 do, new password, do 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 do. Let me just put a different program on there, my little sauce that I'm gonna add. But he's not changing the computer itself, the system. He's just adding a program. See, when you just add to the program, you get a better system, get better results, and that's all that's taking place here. 
So basically, you have an NPC if you're a producer making beats, but Joe Rudolph is like a new plug in. New plug in. New set of drums. So you ain't heard before, but it yeah. Nice. It yeah. Missing that sound. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. D Rock Iris says something that I could probably. He said the media room sounds like it's right in the locker room. Actually, it is right there at the front door to the facility where they hold these pressers and the players are facing the door and to their right is the field practice is over, but they allow staffs, children, the coaches, kids to play on the field. And so that's usually the noise you hear that the coaches, kids and their families are there and they're enjoying the football field inside. So, Hey, it's all about family. It's a family atmosphere, right? Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, first impressions of quarterback coach Gino Gadouli and also offensive line coach Joe Rudolph right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. When we come back, <laughs> he might not be a top 10 quarterback, according to Malik, but we'll see if he can be number one for Notre Dame. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.